Nobody checking for me podcast starts. Uh, you already know right now in this moment, I'm Rachel Jarofsky. I'm Cody Wilkins. And as for always, glad you're listening. Uh, Rachel, it's another day. You're alive. How are you feeling? How am I feeling? I'm feeling summery, okay? I'm, summer is here, and mm-hmm. I'm just like sort of nice and pale. You know, I, it's just like it's never <laughs> been more clear that I've been living under a rock. And I do feel like, generally speaking, like beginning of summer is tough for white people because it's just like it, it takes a few days outside to kind of get get that nice get that nice glow. But it's just like, wow, somebody bathe me in some Jergens before I even attempt to be shoreside. <laughs> um, you know. You know, yeah, but that, yeah. uh, what a good problem to have, just being a little bit too pale. You know, that that's not that's not too bad. That's a that is maybe a champagne problem, actually. It is. You know, maybe the the best best guy. <laughs> um, you, there's look, you gotta. There's two ways that you can, I guess, cover the pale is real sun and, and time. You know, get out there and, and reflect the light through your thong sandals because it's been that long, or. Mm-hmm. You got to go out and, and spring and, and pay money to go to the machines, right? And uh, that just feels extra in a lot of ways that we could talk about for <laughs> a long time. For many days. I know. Tanning beds, right? Like what? Tanning beds, like in my mind, tanning beds should have stopped in the year 06 when they peaked. You know what I mean? Like right. they live and die in that air. Their tanning beds are for like... Eastern European stock, which I am of, but it's like, I feel like there is a solid overlap between like women who shop at guests and who use tanning beds. You know what I mean? <laughs> I would guess. <laughs> Sorry, I had to. I had to. Um, you must. You had yeah. To. You know, I'm, I'm living well. I had a week off, this last week off. So I had some time to, I went on a staycation actually where I just stayed on my couch for about seven or eight days straight. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was it was refreshing, you know? It was great. And also it rained all week, so mm-hmm. I couldn't even go outside. I mean, I could, but I wasn't about to pop out in the middle of the severe thunderstorm. So, yeah, I'm post-staycation, back into work, still checking for a foam roller. Um, mm-hmm. Back is in the shape of a question mark at this point. And uh, yeah, I'm also, I don't know, maybe fishing for a sponsor. Who knows? You know? Why not? Um, why not? Why not? I will say one thing that I'm, I am i wasn't checking for but came across. Mm-hmm. A free plug. The Bo Burnham special on Netflix. Oh, is it, uh, is it Bo good? Burnham, I, I don't know. I can only sp- speak to the first 20 minutes because that's what I was doing earlier. And man, it was funny. It was good. It's, a, it's meta. It's meta on meta. Damn. If okay. you're into meta music humor okay he was uh i just saw him in something what is that one movie with uh carrie mulligan and she's just like uh get going after all these men uh woman it's something like promising young woman he was good in promising young Woman. oh yes he was like oh, yes. so he was in that. cringy he was so perfectly cringy in that 
You know, he can, I'm, I imagine he could knock that out of the park. I only saw the trailer, and I remember him. I remember seeing him in the trailer, and I bet he nailed it. Oh, he he's did. got he's got that tall kind of just creepy enough white man energy. He could carry that well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and get and you know he's love to see a, a nice white man finding his lane and 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 collecting mm. those dollars. You you love it. Mm. You either you either love to see it because you love to see it, or it's it's actually all you see. Really, there's only there's so many <laughs> options. Uh, <laughs> or you close your eyes at night and his face appears. Oh, okay. But here's what I do have to say is that with summer comes a, a whole new breed of individuals who just must get their big. Cody, you know them. I know them. Does our audience, does, do our faithful listeners know them? I'm willing to bet that our faithful listeners can't miss them, you know? They're, they're everywhere, especially as the summer comes around. But let's take a deep breath before we have to get at those gibs of the week with the music break and then get into it. Gibbs of the week, our favorite time of the week. Why? Because we get people back to where they need to be by getting they big. And this week, we have a familiar culprit, all too popular in the summer, sidewalk bikers. Mm, No, 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 no. Cody, get them. People who ride your bike on the sidewalk, you meddling, peddling pedestrian. <laughs> what sort of soft brain are you carrying under that helmet that you just choose to ride so swiftly down the wrong side of history? Mm, that's so wrong. People who ride the bike on the sidewalk, we built a lane for you. Then we got on our hands and knees and we painted a picture of you in the lane. <laughs> we could not make it more simple. It's it. Sometimes they change the color of the lane on the street. Mm. It's as easy as riding a bike mm-hmm. to just be in there. And look, if you're too scared to ride in the street when there's not a bike lane, then come hang out with me because I'm too scared to do that too. <laughs> Walk that bike on the sidewalk because I'm walking here. Oh, Rachel, Cody, I no, it, it's just so you're just so accurate with it. These sidewalk bike riders, okay, you need to get your real on your left, Simpsons road raging ass, okay, <laughs> with your tattooed spandex onesie looking like Lance in France, Lance in France, while you run over pedestrians, okay, what happens? I need someone to explain the science behind summer. And how the number of sidewalk bikers quadruple. You know what I mean? It's just like, unless you are a child under the age of 15, I'm going to need you to Mazda zoom zoom right into that street. All right? Okay? I mean, like, look, in this country, at 21, you can drink. At 18, you can buy cigarettes. And at 16, you are mandatedly, mandatedly must. It's a mandated must for you to get on with your street biking. Okay? I was biking in the street Mm. at age 10. And selling Lucy's on the corner. That part's a goddamn lie. I was playing organized baseball. But I was biking to practice on the street. Okay, winter, spring, summer, or fall. I'm going to need these bikers to go ahead and take it onto the street. Cody, mm. pet is king. Pet is king. Oh, man. Okay, I think they get the point. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think they get the point. And you know who else is a king? Actually, is our guest. Who you will be Absolutely. hearing from shortly after we get one more spicy beat. One more spicy beat. Okay. virtual studio we gotta get we always gotta get but we really gotta get this time around we got jonathan braylock here he's an actor comedian writer producer based in la he's written and starred on netflix fuego ass sketch comedy show which i love astronomy club and lent his talents to shows such as ncis new orleans unbreakable kimmy schmidt broad city and the new line cinema feature how to be single and likely many other credits which i'm missing but you know what a girl could only dive so deep okay uh what else what else what else oh most importantly perhaps he co-hosts the fame podcast black men can't jump in hollywood with james iii and jerome milligan which you can listen to on the forever dog Network. John, it's great to have you. Oh, man. Wow. It makes me sound way more important than I am, and I love it. What's oh, we on? have that effect. Hey. We do have that effect. <laughs> <laughs> it's the clout machine. Come, You come in a virtual studio, we're going to gas you up. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> Immediate question off the bat. John, black man, young king, NCIS mm-hmm. New Orleans. Were you cast as a villain or a victim or a, or a police officer? <clears throat> I was, uh, I mean, I was a, uh, I was arrested. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was a suspect that wound up being uh, wrongly, <laughs> wrongly arrested, <laughs> which I guess, uh, so you, yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so you just went method your whole life and then all of a sudden yeah, yeah. So I was like, yeah, that, yeah, there it is. That's the <laughs> classic, you know. Yeah, and um and you, what can I say? I I loved every minute of it. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I got to do the classic like handcuff scene and be like, ah, get off me, you know. <laughs> we got the wrong guy. <laughs> uh that's fantastic, man. But all right, so let's let's check it out. Let's get into it. Yeah, You're an actor, comedian, writer, producer, right. and podcaster. Tell us where did this journey start for you? And currently, do you feel checked for? Love it. Two part question to open <laughs> it up. Um, <laughs> I uh, I mean where I mean where the journey started is. The, the brief answer is I, I always wanted to be an actor I, since I was very young. Um, so that started, yeah, that started probably like when I was in like third grade. I was like, I want to act, you know. Um, <laughs> and uh, that kind of, you know, transformed into uh, me uh, going to NYU. And I did listen to the Jordan's uh, Temple story. <laughs> <laughs> right on people. But I was born in New York and I went to NYU. So I'm one of those rare... There you uh, go. <laughs> but um uh yeah, and I kind of got into comedy closer to the end of college, and that was mostly just because I wanted to make stuff. So my friends and I wanted to make funny videos because we were like, well, that's an easy thing to do and put it on YouTube because that was a popular thing at the time. I guess it still is, well, TikTok or whatever. But um 
yeah, that's how it started. And, uh, but do I feel checked for? I mean, not really. You know, like yeah. I, uh, I get, um, I get auditions. You know, <laughs> I don't know if that counts. I don't think so. Uh, I get uh, interviews for writing jobs from time to time. Um, but yeah, I'm not a. Uh, I, I'm definitely not at the place that I want to be. Um, and who knows if I'll ever be at that place? But I feel like I'll know at some point. I'm. I feel like I'm close, but mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not quite there yet. If that makes sense. I uh, I once had a geometry teacher who blew my mind when he told me that there was an infinite amount of space between me and the wall. And mm. I was like, no, there's not. And I walked, I walked over and I touched the wall. And he said, yes, there is. Because you could always get halfway as close. You could, you could just always right. infinitely get halfway closer to the wall. And I kind of feel like that is how I feel about checkery, right? You know? Right. Like, you could, am I ever gonna be to the point where it's like, yeah, I'm not. I did it. Maybe, yeah. but actually, you'll right. probably just be halfway closer than you were before. It's a never ending right. journey. Yeah. I mean, there's like some hard facts. I'm like, I'm not a blue check on Twitter. So, you know what I mean? Like, there's some, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> there's some tangible. No, but I, 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 I totally get that. I think that's it's a good perspective to have. And I, I, it's funny because I, I always like listening to podcasts like this, like about, listening about people's journeys and and what they're doing and how they feel, you know. Uh, There is this thing, though, sometimes where people are like, yeah, like I I don't feel like I've made it yet. um, And I think you never will feel like you've made it. And and like there's a certain part of that that I agree with. And there's another part of that that's like, no, no, no. Like for sure, if you're like getting a paycheck for doing what you want to do, like you have made it to some degree. Right. You're working. So (laughs) you're working. So like in a in like in 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 that sense, I feel like I made it. La- or I guess two years ago now, pandemic year. But like I, I was able to quit my day job in mm-hmm. 2019, and that was huge, huge deal. And definitely felt like oh, I've made it to some degree, right? Uh, but now I'm like sitting here in 2021, going like. Oh, uh, a couple more months from now, I might have to pick up a day job right. <laughs> if I don't get another job, you know. So I get that. I'm out here like plotting my next day job uh, when unemployment runs out. Uh, just kind of trying to figure out exactly what I don't want to do. I feel like is is the move with day jobs. It's like what will absolutely crush my soul. Um, and I won't do that, but what will crush my soul less? Okay. That, that, that could be an option. Um, it's funny that you brought up NYU cause I also went there and I, um, I was famously, I, right. Famously went to NYU and I also sometimes struggle to put into words like exactly what I got from NYU. I don't know if that's like similarity. It's, <laughs> I don't know if you also struggle with oh, that. Oh, yeah. Like, like, what do you feel like, what was your kind of biggest, I guess, tangible takeaway of like, yeah, that? Um, other it, than It's literally just the people. Right. Yeah. That's all yeah. it is. It's just like, it's the people that I met and the community that I was able to form and felt like, you know, especially early on when I was doing, when I started doing comedy, and like start doing shows and like how to get people to come to shows. It was like great for that because I had, you know, a whole, you know, 
school system of people who would like be like, oh, I'll come to your comedy show, you know, right. um, and then and those people stuck around and I, those people knew people like so. Yeah, I do think like it get one of the reasons that there are so many NYU kids in comedy is like one, there's a community that of NY there's like a kind of almost a legacy now, right? Yeah. Um, and then there's also you already have a built-in community to like yeah. s- you know supplement the comedy community that you're going into, and it feels like you know a lot more people. It's networking, and that, I mean, honestly, at the end of the day, like that's that is what we paid for. Let's not underestimate the importance of community and networking the entertainment industry, though. But I mean, that they say it's who you know, okay. but it also is what you do. What can you do? Where are your talents? What can you make? And and I'm curious, of all the hats you wear, which one do you feel gives you the most creative impact? Where where are you, where are you kind of drawn to uh, in terms of all the ways you create? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess ultimately writing is going to give me the most creative impact. Like, and that and one of the reasons that I fell in love with comedy other than just the fact that I like laughing I like making people laugh like uh, <laughs> I, I like the collaborative nature of a lot of uh, especially sketch and improv but it, it's the fact that you don't have to wait around for somebody else and you get to create your own material so like uh, as good of an a- as good a- like the best actors you know they they're still beholden to you know <laughs> the written word like what they're right. doing so yeah um, uh, so yeah I mean like just being able to write and then write to what you know or write to what you want to see in the world or, you know, the beliefs that you have or or the kind of life issues you want to explore, that for sure gives me the most creative impact. But I love being able to do both, you know? <laughs> That's a, yeah. So I love being able to write and then perform in the thing that I'm writing in so that I I get to have both, both sides of that coin, yeah. you know? Absolutely, but it is true that actors have no a- truly no agency. I'm no, like zero. Yeah, I was like, you're, you're just <laughs> kind of waiting to be cast in the right thing that really like fits your stilo. Like, wow, you might be waiting forever. In in the spirit of creating, or on the topic of creating, uh, you and the guys uh, created uh, Black Man Can't Jump in Hollywood. How how long have you been doing that podcast? It's been around for a minute, right? It's been. Yeah, it's been um six year wait, twenty fifteen. Yeah, six years almost. Yeah. That's I mean, that's awesome. I feel like podcast fatigue is such a thing that like me and Cody have felt of just like oh, yeah. getting exhausted with like the recording, the output, the whatever. Um, that's been a real challenge. How did you guys how have you guys like overcame that? Like overcome that in general, just to like keep on turning it out yeah i mean one we were very uh fortunate to kind of team up with the podcasting network like right out the gate we were with headgum and that was just the serendipitous moment of like one of the main producers for that network um i was on a sketch team with uh Mm -hmm. at the pit um and like i remember him talking about wanting to produce R.I.P. The Pit. <laughs> R.I.P. Live comedy in New York. Yeah, no. Right. <laughs> Most of the comedies. <laughs> um, no, but um, yeah, I mean, like, so that, so we had at least production support, so we didn't have to, you know, 
I think some people like start when they start their podcast, they're kind of doing everything on their own. So at least we didn't have to deal with that end of it. And then the other thing is just, I mean, one, it was fun. It was like, it was a lot of fun for us to do. We felt like we were getting validated pretty early on in terms of just like write ups and stuff. I was, I was, I'm not good at this anymore. I used to be very good at like whenever I had something like finding different emails and reaching out to like, online, you know, publications or newspapers or like reaching out to everybody right. and like letting them know about my stuff. And like every now and then we was able to get these like small different write-ups. So I was able to do that for the podcast. We were able to get like Keegan-Michael Key on as a guest very early on, wow. which kind of felt like gave some credibility. Mm-hmm. And that was truly just for me blindly reaching out to him and <laughs> telling him about this podcast. That's and, and being tell, like, can I, let, let me, let yeah. me hold you there for a second. Tell some of the listeners about black men can't jump in Hollywood. Cause I we oh, know yeah. what it is, but just, yeah, break it down for him. Yeah. It's a movie review podcast where we review the films of leading black actors. And then we talk about them in the context of race and diversity in Hollywood. And it kind of came about because James the third and I were arguing on Facebook about, James said that uh, Martin Lawrence's career should have blown up after the movie Blue Streak. And I said, what are you talking about? It did blow up. Big Mama's House was after Blue Streak. And that was <laughs> right. a huge blockbuster hit. And he did many movies after that. And he was like, I know, but it should have been even a, an even better career than it was. And I was like... And then that somehow that turned into us talking about the fact that there were so few black actors that were like the leads of movies right um uh which was a felt especially true in like the early 2000s um and we were like yeah there's only like only like five get to like do it more than once you know it was like will smith denzel you know uh eddie murphy martin lawrence and like chris tucker it was like (laughs) and that was like that um and then uh but so, yeah, we kind of like, yeah, we, we just, we, we started based with that kind of premise. And I think nobody, I mean, people were obviously starting to talk about inclusion and diversity in Hollywood. Uh, but I think we like did it right before like, uh, like Oscar So White happened. And mm-hmm. like that happened like maybe like two or three months after, you know. And so like, it was like, I don't know, we just kind of caught, caught it at the right time. Uh, but yeah, it's been, it's been fun to do, though. I'm totally with you on feeling the like, oh, man, we got to do a podcast again, you know, especially right. while we're at the, we have to watch a movie for the podcast. So it's yeah. like, you know, it's like, yeah, oh my God, I got to watch a movie tonight. Like, <laughs> yeah. and, and you never want to take the fun out of something like watching a movie. But I will mm-hmm. say I I tuned into recently, I, I listened to the Malcolm and Marie episode that you all did because I watched Malcolm and Marie and I walked away feeling a way in my heart and in my gut that I didn't feel I could express outwardly mm. uh, lest I get cast away by the community of Black creators. And for our listeners, I'll just say, you know, if you ever find yourself torn about the way you feel about a film, Black Men Can't Help, Can't Jump in Hollywood is an amazing place to get a uh, a full dish of all the spectrums on what it is and what it ain't and what's real and what's not because john the way y'all were going at uh <laughs> what's his name sam levinson is that the director yeah yeah the wow now oh, I, now i'm like damn i wanna i want the like fi- the the like uh, three sentence version of like what's i think the, i can't the beat <laughs> 
I think I came pretty hard at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was fantastic. Really, if black men can't jump in Hollywood, white men can't use black leading actors and actresses as the scapegoats for their frustrations in Hollywood either. You know, and that's if wow. right. that's what Buddy did. But oh man, it was rich. It was fantastic. What I'm doing is uh, plugging black men can't jump in Hollywood. You guys need to listen to that. Um, <laughs> listen. Thank you. Sometimes I I wonder if doing a podcast, if people doing podcasts like actually want to be doing a podcast or if it's all just a means to an end. I'm like, oh, if I, right. if I do this, then it'll be a springboard to my next uh, career move. And now hearing the origins of Black Man Can't Jump, I'm wondering where does it fall on the spectrum for y'all at this point now? Is it like love of the podcasting game or are you, you trying to roll it into something larger? Is it, is it just a, is it under the umbrella of, under the umbrella mm-hmm. of your creative projects or you got, is this vehicle going to a specific destination? I mean, it's a great question to ask what it is now because I will say it like at, at the at the start, it was just because I want, I really, I personally really wanted to do a podcast because mm-hmm. I listened to them all the time because my day job was like filing papers and like doing all this different like administrative work for a school. And I um, like, very quickly got bored of listening to music because I was like, I can't listen to music for eight hours in a day. Yeah. And so that's when I realized, I, because before that I was like, well, who is listening to podcasts? Like truly, who are you people listening <laughs> right now? What are you doing? Like, what, what are you doing? And then I realized, oh, maybe they're, now I'm like, oh, I get it. Like they're at work or like driving, like a long drive or a commute or whatever. Anyway, right. so, or washing dishes maybe, I don't know. Right. But like, <laughs> I, I, so I was listening to podcasts all the time uh, and I was like, oh, this is so fun. I just want to do it because I like talking and I love talking about movies and I like watching movies. So like, that's kind of how it started. And then when it became a thing, uh, there was like a chemistry between Gerard James and I that was like, we didn't necessarily know was going to be there or going to be that potent. So that allowed us to um, start creating stuff, work for ourselves. So we started, you know, writing things together. We did like, uh, you know, some uh, Snapchat series for Comedy Central. And we did uh, this digital project with Seriously.TV, which is now under Complex, whatever. Anyway, but two things that just not, uh, completely didn't go anywhere. But anyway, it was just, <laughs> but we, we were just starting to do things. Right. Oh, digital content. <laughs> digital content right. yeah remember when everything like remember di- di- there was a digital content boom and then truly all those websites went away <laughs> like oh, they're like goodness. oh no 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 <laughs> so many people lost jobs you guys really could make this podcast feasibly make this podcast forever because the content's never gonna go away like you know right. what i mean there's there's always going to be more yeah. analysis on like black leads in the context of like Hollywood's, you know, lack of race and diversity. Um, Do you feel like outside of the pod, you kind of like fit that thematically toy with that same, with those same ideas? Like just in like other stuff you write, like, do you feel like there's like a, like an innately political aspect to what you guys do? Do you feel like other, the, you know, other comedy that you make is kind of got in that same vein? Yeah, I mean, it's not a political podcast. We make that very clear on the show. Um, no, <laughs> right. but it's not political. We, but it's um, the content. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. Of course, yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I think uh, we. Uh, yeah, I mean, yes, definitely. I definitely implemented 
that into uh, my writing. You know, I think not always, but like you'll like some a lot of astronomy club sketches like are clearly touching on race issues and. You know, I like when I did a, my one man show it was called the Black Experience at UCB. Like, so that was dealing with that, and and um, I and then we worked on, we developed a show for ISC that wound up not going, but we wrote a full season of scripts, and oh, wow. that show uh, had a lot of different stories that had some sort of like, you know, uh, social commentary, social political commentary. So I do like writing stuff that like says something, uh, but I'm also, it's I don't need I don't uh, need to only write that. I just right. it is the thing that I'm usually drawn to. But yeah, Astronomy Club was dope because it seemed like very much the child of you and the crew. You know, black written, black acted, black produced. But have you ever taken a role as an actor where you were like? Uh, this isn't a good look for the culture. Uh, ah, doesn't feel good, but I need I need this rent money. Or, I mean, or just like uh, it's a gig. <laughs> I don't have to put it on my reel. Like, have you ever have you ever felt compromised uh, with a role? Uh, I mean, I have not gotten enough roles to really feel too compromised with, but like, uh, I'm not. There are very few things. I'll say this: there are very few auditions I've turned down. There are a lot of there are things that I've auditioned for where I was like, I kind of hope I don't get this because mm. this feels bad. Um, but I usually audition for them anyway <laughs> because I'm yeah. like, but I Mama still wants to get paid. Right, right. <laughs> keep it would never pay. You know what I mean? Like I so. Yeah, I, I think it's hard to put that responsibility on actors in general. It's it feels pretty wrong to put that responsibility on, on actors who like haven't made it or right. who, who don't have any level of clout to like turn down jobs. That said, you know, I think if it's like that, if it's tearing up your soul that much, you know, uh, it's not it's not healthy for you to do it. You know, forget the culture. You know, just. Just doing it for um, yourself, you know what I mean? Like, might not be the right move because it's going to kind of eat away at you. So uh, there have been, every now and then, there's like a thing where I'm like, ah, this doesn't feel, this feels really wrong. And I right. I just don't want to be a part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough Those one. Those are all auditions. Right. To right, be right. <laughs> Nobody is... <laughs> Nobody's doing the straight offers to me being like, yeah, we'd really love you to play this role. Putting the responsibility for like minority actors on them to not take poorly written or like tropey roles is like it's like the FDA going, look, consumers, you guys got to eat less meat and use less plastic, or else the world's gonna go to shit. And you're like, wait a minute, but this plastic wrapped cheeseburger is fourteen cents, and that's all that I can right. afford. So that's what I'm. Right. That's what I'm doing. Okay, this is a question that we ask uh, all of our guests. It's kind of a classic. Ain't nobody checking for me, uh, you know, uh, just question. Oh. Um, Hitting okay. me with the classic. I'm okay. just going to have to hit you with the classic. What does okay. uh, pie in the sky checkery look like for you? Um, and that this can be, let's, I'm going to ask it two ways. What does it look like for you? 
John Braylock. And then what does it look like for your podcast, Black Man Can't Jump in Hollywood? Or is the podcast exactly what it needs to be for you? And like, that's already hit pie in the sky checkery. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I will say for the podcast, is there, I guess a pie in the sky checkery could be like, I don't know. I feel like we've, here's what I'll say. We've hit it in, in the sense that I don't, there's no, there's no additional level to the podcast that I'm like craving for. Mm -hmm. Can, can we hit higher levels? Absolutely. (laughs) We don't get paid that much money at all. Like I'm sure there's a level of money that we could be making. That's like, Oh, this podcast is our main job because you know, freaking Spotify wants to pay us a hundred million dollars like Joe Rogan or something, you know, like, but (laughs) I, we, we, I don't know, like in terms of, but in terms of like, we've gotten recognition. You have people who are listening every week. We've gotten a lot of great guests, you know, from time to time, we'll get publicists reaching out to us, asking us if we want to feature so-and-so on the podcast Mm -hmm. because they have a movie coming out. And which we actually don't do that much because like it's so because we want to do our podcast. And I think right. the publicists just see the name of the podcast and they're like, Oh, you'll be on this podcast and do an interview. And we're like, We don't do interviews. And they're like, right. Okay, well, they don't have time to watch a movie. And we're right. like, Well, then that's not our podcast. Right. Yeah, <laughs> right. It's not the podcast. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, okay, but for myself, for sure, I mean, the pine in the sky checker would be like, you know, Scorsese and like, you know, (laughs) Spike Lee and like certain like levels of directors being like, hey, I want to talk to you about this movie I want to do. Would you be interested in it? You know, it would be like, yeah, it would just basically or like a or like some big time actor or comedian being like, I want to team up and write something or, you know, that's I think Mm -hmm. I want to be checked on by the people in the industry that I respect and I love and I mm. and I want to create stuff with, mm-hmm. you know. Hell yeah. yeah. And, and hell yeah, some 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 peaceful fame, you know what I'm saying? Uh yeah. some some low grade I've seen you before, but some high grade I want to work with you. We love that. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. you gotta you gotta love that. Yeah. Right. And and this is now your ain't nobody checking for me plug opportunity. John, my question to you is what do you want folks checking for from you right now um oh man i wish i had things to check out (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, i mean definitely check out the podcast uh and check out the show strong on netflix but i mean yeah you can follow me uh at john braylock but that's i mean right now i'm just i'm trying to get things going i want Hollywood to check on me. Right. I want them to go, hey, <laughs> wait, you have these scripts? Let's make that. You know, right. that's basically mm-hmm. what I'm, I'm trying to do. I'm trying to do now. Uh, I There's a show that I wrote for called The G Word uh, uh, with Adam Conover that's coming out on Netflix. I don't know when. They're filming it now. It was made with the Obama's production uh, hey, company, Higher Ground. Let's go. Uh, so that'll be fun when that comes out. But I don't know when that's coming out. We wrote it last year and up and, and in the middle of a pandemic. Uh, and then they couldn't film it because of the pandemic. Right. So I think they're filming it right now. Uh, Netflix is usually pretty quick. So I'm guessing it'll be out this year. And also Netflix is doesn't tell people when things are dropping until the day before they drop. Right. So I'm sure I'll find out when the world finds out. Like, 
it'll be just on Netflix and I'll be like, oh, there, okay, <laughs> guys, that's look, the show look, that I wrote. Look at the standard. Look, 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 <laughs> quick, 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 quick. <laughs> there it is. Uh, but yeah, you know, that's really it. Hell yeah. Okay. Well, you heard John. Check out the pod. Check out Astronomy Club. Check out the G word when it is watchable, which we don't know exactly, but one day we will. One day, one day, one day. John, thanks so much for coming to the virtual studio. I'm Rachel Jarofsky. I'm Cody Wilkins. We are always grateful for you all listening and make sure to go check out our boy, John Braylock. Ain't nobody checking for me. We out. Check it for me, check it for me, check it for me.